The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond, 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 beyond the show. Stop it! Beyond. 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 Stop doing rhythm. them. Beyond. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode 415, I think. My last episode. Wow. Yikes. My name is Max Scoville. Yikes. Uh, with me today is Marty Sleva. Hi, Max. Appearing in his last episode ever, because he's a he's a big baby, is Brian Altano. Big brat, 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 beyond, beyond, beyond. And Andrew Goldfarb. Hey, there are so many bees. Big baby, brat, brat, beyond. 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 It's just the me and Max show. Uh, apparently, people really like when I don't like it when. <laughs> I don't like when people fart in this room before we. Yeah, have not a real, there's here. a real brutal fart in this we're room. We're setting up every time. And we just give me like clue. We have a suspect, but I don't think we're allowed to say who he was. Yeah, yeah. Every the guy time who was in here, no, he's more important than us. One of those guys oh. was in here. Yeah, every time we uh, we come in here, it's some it's it's always kind of a it's always kind of a VR mission. We don't really know what we're yeah. up against. There's yeah. sort of this weird like like the microphones are all unplugged. Yeah, like, somebody yeah. hid one in the corner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. there's um, a fart. There was a squatter. This time there was a fart, and we had to we just found out about it and had to. It's, that's a really like this is insulated. This is like yeah. soundproofed. It's also it's it's always a thousand degrees in here. At least I think it is. And someone on YouTube finally pointed out how sweaty I was in one of the episodes because yeah. I came. It was like the one where I came in after the Call of Duty thing. Like I. Started sweating. Like, Are you saying so someone bad. on YouTube was mean? This is a no, great room mean. if it's, we wanted to make baby chicks hatch out of eggs. It's an awful room yeah, if we want an, to make the smell of a fart get less bad. It's like an incubator, but not in that dumb, lame San Francisco tech what way. And like an actual show? incubator. It's sometimes a show about PlayStation. Okay, yep. let's do that. Uh, it's a show about this room that no one listening on audio a room, can see. Yeah, well, it's, they presumably were in a room. We yeah, don't sound like we're in a mind. field. Um, Yo, yeah, PlayStation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it continues to be a video game system that they release games for. Uh, it's kind of one of those. Stop it! It's one of those uh, one of those kind of off weeks. Uh, we got an NPD recently, which is when mm-hmm. they count all of the video games that got sold, and then they people yell at each other in comment sections about them. What does NPD um, stand for? Uh, ooh, I actually don't know what NPD stands for. Uh, it is the U.S. polls, though. It is uh, U.S. sales, so it's um, traditionally been only uh, like uh, at retail, like point of sale. Uh, very recently, they added, kind of began the process of online retailers and digital and stuff. But um, it's still a little bit not completely representative of every single sale. But it's getting there. It, it doesn't count certain. Uh 
Like for a long time, Walmart wasn't. Yeah, on it doesn't it. count yeah. Walmart. It doesn't count digital sales. I think now it's starting to. Although yeah. publishers, and it's it's very weird because NPD controls the message in terms of what they send to all the people who are allowed to read it, which is a very small group of people, right? Well, so basically the idea is that it's the second Thursday of every month at 3.30 p.m. Pacific. Yep. Uh, we get a drop, which is the top 10 best-selling sale, software sales in the United States for yep. that month. And then they do commentary on their larger report. So an analyst will say, like, okay, like, this is like what we can tell you about trends and how it compares to a year ago and five years ago. And if there's something like, oh, it's the first time a sports game has ever been number four right. or things like that. So um, cool stuff like that. But, but then like uh, publishers and developers and people who pay very high amount of money, like someone's yearly salary, can get a very detailed report with specific sales numbers. Which is very um, insane because I remember looking, we had that once where we, we dug so deep into it that we found like, uh, we found the Call of Duty sales on 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 the on the Wii. It's right? not. Even, it's even more obscure than that. It's like Where we somewhere like, in the United States, some random Kmart sold one copy of a Game Boy Advance game of Scooby Doo's like, Mystery Adventure. Exactly, yeah. and yeah. it's on that list. So it's, it's all like. like how? But so yeah. the, where it gets very strange is that uh, they control all of that messaging until uh, Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft go. Oh, we're going to send out a, an email also, and one of yes. two things can happen. One, um, they send that email, and it's got this very kind of braggadocious like we're the number one blah 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 braggadocious or yeah, number the two they never send an email non-canonical <laughs> number two they don't send an email at all which means it's just like everything cool over well, there and it's funny because it's this weird role reversal where during the previous generation Sony never sent out an email like it was right. always Microsoft like oh look at that 44 consecutive months I mean, but like now it's you, you know you don't have opposite. anything nice to say you don't say anything yeah, you I would know. think so although Microsoft does still release statements they're very interesting they're like oh like we're up month over month and it's, things like that yeah, it's, um, it's moving the goal post like they'll send an email being like halo had its best hair day ever <laughs> yeah and there's like you'll see these interesting pieces of commentary like uh, activision will release a thing that's like oh like disney infinity outsold us this month but they're available the full month and we were only available a yep. week so if you yep. think about it we did better like you get all these weird little like caveats to it. one that was like we're up 110 percent month over month and you're yeah. like well what were you last month? Exactly, 40. and that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Like they were like Wii U sales. It's yeah. like Mario Maker increases Wii U sales by like eighty so percent. Do you have whatever, any? Do you have any actual insight on this month's whole roundabout? I'll vamp while he's going. But uh, aside from the MPD stuff, Sony did say that last month was the PlayStation Store's best month in history. Yeah, which so, is really interesting. Uh, a lot of that is probably because people played the Battlefront beta. Mm -hmm. and they were which like, I, I think was that. over 9 million people. Yeah. And it was also... Uh, Destiny was, Taken King. Mm -hmm. It was... Yep. Um, whatever the... It was Metal Gear. There Metal was, Gear? Yeah. yeah. Metal Gear, of, FIFA, NBA, and Madden were, yeah, the, were huge, the four big Sony month. titles. Yep. So um, that's crazy because it's, it's not technically even into like holiday season yet. Mm -hmm. yep. yeah. Oh, And that's the thing. Like Madden, you're never going to see like a... September or August where Madden's not somewhere on this list, right? right. Like, they kind of own those months. But, yeah, uh, yeah the, the top ten was NBA, Madden, Metal Gear, FIFA, Destiny, Taken King, Mario Maker, Disney Infinity, Mad Max, NHL, and Minecraft, which is still hung on at retail, yep. which yep. is crazy. So this that's the game overall does. top ten for the entire industry, basically, right? For, in right. the U.S. Um, although U.K. charts are generally very similar, unless you get, like, a weird case where a game comes out a week early in the U.K. FIFA will tilt, like, a little... A little stronger there, than of course. Here, yeah, obviously. and whereas Madden tilt stronger here, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's, it's super. I mean, I think obviously Sony's doing really well. The interesting thing will be uh, Halo, obviously, and Tomb Raider um, yeah. are only on uh, Xbox One. Mm -hmm. But then I would be very surprised if Battlefront and Fallout don't sell better on PS4. Uh, so you have this really interesting dynamic. Why Fallout? 
Um, well, I don't know. It's like just because there's a bigger install base on PS4. Yeah, yeah but I mean, I mean like, they're like aligning the stuff with. <laughs> sure, they're aligning with Microsoft, but I think just by the sheer number of people who have this console and yeah. who it wanted to, you know, it is the more powerful so console this time. Was was the PS4 the best selling console of the month? Yes. Okay. Once again. Yep. So how many times is that? Do you know how many times that's happened this year, or how many times it didn't happen this year? Uh, to my knowledge, it hasn't not happened yet. Really? Um, or maybe, one, maybe there was one or two. I think off it was like months. one or two months where the Xbox One. Yeah, there there might have been a couple. I mean, like if if there were, it's there. You know, every few months, sure. Right. But I don't think there's been. There's never been like a complete landslide. Um, I would imagine maybe Halo makes that up. Um, yeah. although maybe not because it's the end of the month. Uh, mm-hmm. Like it's out in the twenty seven. See, I was I was actually thinking about this in terms of like battle of exclusives, which is not really happening this fall. Like yep. the PS four doesn't really have anything that's just like this is it. But if you look at say like say Uncharted was dropping this fall, Uncharted four. Uh, do you think that has more mass appeal than a game like Halo does? Because I feel like Halo is sort of like the the Halo train left the station for me years ago, and I don't even know <clears> how to catch it anymore. Uh, so to me, there's no interest in it. But Uncharted is something I feel like you can kind of dip in and out of and sort of be like, oh, it's this kind of like bombastic action movie that you can play. That's a really good question because, I mean, you know, you look at them, they're both they're, – they're exclusives. Yeah. Uh, last gen, the – you know, I mean, Halo – I guess kind of had a yeah it has a head start on Uncharted. More people are you know it's been yeah, around longer. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, and it's also like I think it's kind of it showed up at a time when stories and games wasn't really something people were kind of driving too much. You mm-hmm. know, like there was just like you shoot the aliens. All right, that's cool. That works. People were looking for a good sort of like they were looking for kind of like the right. next Golden Eye. Yeah, and it's also like. Halo's always been M-rated, right? Like it's always been until now. Until now, this oh. one's T. Okay, yeah. well, it's. I mean, it came out. It, but it's if you show it side by side with something that has like real guns in it. Yeah. Mom's gonna be like, well, those little gremlin men have purple stuff coming out of them, so that's yeah. not quite as scary. Then you know. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, I, I you know, just, I feel like I feel like Halo is is speaking a lot to the Halo crowd. Uh, and they just keep kind of doubling down on, on that audience rather than bringing in new people. Sure. Maybe I'm completely out of the loop. Whereas yeah. I feel like Sony. And obviously, this is like a biased platform. This is a PlayStation theme podcast. But I feel like Sony does a better job of making their their stuff a little more mass audience, a little well, more accept- uh, accessible. Yeah, I think with you mostly, it's that I, you're not a, like Star Wars aside, you're not that into sci-fi. Like, I, I love sci-fi. Like what else? I never hear you talk about sci-fi. I said it's weird. It comes out once in a while, but it, yeah, yeah, no, I really, yeah. I do, I yeah. do love a lot of sci-fi. I don't really associate Halo with sci-fi as much as it like feels like Marines in space. The thing, yeah, like, it feels like. It feels like a, a, a bad B war movie that has some alien stuff. In Halo's it. always had kind of the guts of like aliens, but mm-hmm. without the horror element or the human element. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like here's just here's pulse rifles and, and drop jets. Like yeah, for like, me, Halo came up at a time when I didn't need it to be anything but that though. Like I I mm-hmm. loved like Halo Two was college for me. That came out mm-hmm. my I guess it would have been freshman or maybe it was the end of high school. But I think it came out my freshman year of college. Um, and I, that was all we did in the dorms. Right. And it was, like, that multiplayer experience. And, and especially the first Halo. Like, I never owned an original Xbox. Um, or maybe I did the very end. But I mostly just played it at friends' houses and did local multiplayer. Um, yeah, it had that social side And to so yeah. this this new kind of era now, like, Call of Duty is huge. And yep. so are a billion other games. Battlefront, like, games come out with multiplayer-only components now, which wasn't really as much of a thing. Um, and now people do want something like The Last of Us or something like yeah. Uncharted that is maybe well, delivering more of a story. Do you so think, it's an interesting comparison. Do you like, think Battlefront can sell more units on PS4 than Halo can on, on Xbox One? I mean, it's such a weird thing because Star Wars... I mean, yeah. I don't think that speaks to the Battlefront, the game, so much as the power of the franchise. Sure, right of course. <clears throat> the but power I mean, of the, the force. force. Yeah, we did it. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Yep. Uh, follow that was us on Twitter. last episode yeah. ever. Yep. Um, <laughs> but I mean, the M- M- MPD doesn't care, right? Numbers are numbers. No, exa- and that's ultimately what it comes down to. I mean, like, there's this weird thing where 
you also there are numbers that aren't on that list like yeah. something like Skylanders or Disney Infinity yeah they might not be selling a lot of software that month but they probably made a ton of money on figures and Nintendo is making more money off of Amiibos than any game that they're ever going to have appear in this there list there was also like there were times where I, I think it was what was it Wii Play was in the top five for like two years just because people wanted that people wanted it, controller. Was a, it was a controller bundle then so what yeah. I'm driving towards is like is Sony's is Sony's uh, tactic here of grouping a bunch of high profile third party <clears throat> stuff together and kind of pushing it out in front and being like they're they're going to speak for us yes versus high pro, like one or two high profile I think I mean, Shuhei talked to, us, talked to me about this at E3 like, right. that was his whole thing he's like we don't need exclusives this year because like we know we're going to lead in the third party stuff and yeah. why compete like they're, why would they there's no reason for them to put out Uncharted right now because yeah. even, and I mean obviously they want more time on it anyway but even if somehow that game was done and they were sitting on it like why put it out in November alongside 400 hour games that everyone's going to be playing yeah. when and you know I mean, you can they're wait. taking a leap of faith there you know they're, yeah. they're being like yeah. this is and it's it's probably for the best yeah. you know like get, get taking yep. not not like scrambling to get that that holiday rush in is and yeah. they just announced a price drop I mean like they yeah. have like the, the system is cheaper than it's been you can go out and buy day one buy a Battlefront bundle and have plenty of hard drive space and play everything you've missed up to this point mm-hmm. and yeah. just got a like, picture of Darth Vader on <clears throat> Yeah, and it was. That, that, I mean, he's a famous thing, guy. Of the, like, popular star. <laughs> popular star war. war. Uh, yeah, popular of, star warrior. <laughs> he is a star warrior. I mean, of all the big third-party games this fall, I think Fallout's the only one that's pivoting towards uh, Xbox. I mean, yeah, and Destiny, again, Syndicate, and uh, Battlefront yeah, are all. Yeah. Those pivots, though, like almost, you know, they're, it's always it's the same. Like Call of Duty is leaning towards PlayStation this year, which I think is arguably the bigger mm-hmm. get. But I mean, I like. I think Fallout will sell very well on Xbox, but I think it's also well, going to sell very well on. Bethesda's PS4. doing something kind of interesting, and if you look at how they tackled E3 this year, they had their own little separate, their own press mm-hmm. conference, which mm-hmm. was ahead of everything else, and they pretty much made it their show by being like, "Hey, guess what? We're revealing a game that comes out this year. Right. You don't have to wait too long for it," which is so smart, just brilliant from a, a marketing standpoint. Uh, but I thought I thought it was really odd that they had. Uh, they had kind of attached themselves to Microsoft, and I really am curious how long ago the ink or how that deal was inked. You know, like how how at what point were they like, yeah, Microsoft, we're gonna um, have Xbox support, like because Fallout's been in the works for ages. Like, right. th- there's no doubt about that. And these things do take time to kind of line up. Uh, E3 booths and stuff are planned, you know, years in advance. Uh, and I can't help but wonder if maybe they're kind of playing both sides of the field and being like, we know that it's gonna do better numbers on PS4 just based on install base but is this kind of like Microsoft courted them and was like in the same way that Tomb Raider is a timed exclusive they're yeah. like hey I mean, can, can we get a, can remember we that get story it? about, about uh, Microsoft giving Rockstar 50 million dollars for GTA exclusives. But stuff. again, it's, it's such a, like, this, I was actually just going to bring that up too. It's such a different scenario though because like this is just guaranteed marketing money and promotional space but like DLC does not come first to Xbox. Like no. they were very clear that like they're not doing that anymore and it's very like. Yeah, but like, Xbox has the mod support which is a Mod support. Right, and, and that's awesome and like obviously the backwards compatibility, bad, bleh, compatibility of Fallout 3 mm-hmm. and like the cool controller that Paypal controller they yeah. shot this And week, the fact like, that it's a, it's a PC game as well. Exactly. Yeah, I think like there's a ton of cool Microsoft benefits, don't get me wrong, but like the story DLC and the Things that like people are going to pour still hundreds of hours in. Yeah, you will have day and date on PS4. I mean, there is also this is uh, the first sort of big Bethesda game on the new platforms, and last generation a lot of PS3 owners got burned by Bethesda yep. with Skyrim true. and Very with Fallout. Um, 
And so I don't foresee that happening. I can't mm-hmm. imagine on the 11th the game comes out and it runs horribly on PS4. I don't imagine that well, happening. Well, but that's kind of the point, right, is that that's because of, like, the PS3 was completely different architecture yeah. and harder yeah. to develop for. Like, now it's almost the opposite. Like, now the Xbox is the does have, like, a less powerful system. And so, like, I don't think that'll happen ever again. Like, I think it'll run great on Xbox One. But I'm just saying, like... It's going to be just fine on PS4, more than likely. You also um, you read stories about how seventy-seven percent of PS4 owners never played The Last of Us, and eighty percent never played Uncharted. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder how much of that is really like people still holding a grudge. Sure. I mean, you everyone in this room remembers trying to play Skyrim on a PS3 and like running out of space, and you had to put stuff away before you open the door, then yeah. you pick it back, and it would like, start running at one frame per yeah, second, garbage yeah. like that, which was just like this is completely yep. unacceptable, completely unacceptable. But I don't know how many people still hold on to that. But I, it's I think the gamble <clears throat> with the exclusive stuff and sort of like, you know, uh, back pocket publishing deals like this, which is like, you know, if, if Microsoft gives Bethesda $50 million behind the scenes to be like, kind of lean towards us a little bit, do they make more money doing that than they would just kind of pushing towards PS4 and making those sales up? Like, I, don't, I guess that's the question. I don't think it's really so much of a lump sum as much as it is like, you are the the minute every single person who owns an Xbox One turns it on is promoting Fallout 4. Right. You are in our holiday commercial that's promoting everything Microsoft. Fallout 4 is front and center. Yeah. Uh, during our press conference, which is watched by X million of people, there's a 10 minutes dedicated to Fallout 4. It's more stuff like that. It's like the it's an it's interesting the landscape. Bespoke marketing content rather than the actual. Yeah, because you're, money. you're also you're also dealing with like companies that I think that in kind of in all cases, these are like Bethesda, Sony, and Microsoft are all big enough that they know that. It's gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They might not be number one, number one, but like Fallout Four is gonna sell real good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's gonna do just fine. It might not be the best selling game of the year. I mean, has has their stuff ever been like? They, no, they never no, in there. So you know, it's not GTA or Call of Duty. did incredibly well. It, did, yeah, I, but I, it wasn't. It wasn't GTA, number one. You know, yeah, and I think yeah, that yeah, they understand sure. that their stuff is like. I recommended Skyrim to my uh, my brother in law, and he was like, um, he got an Xbox for Christmas, and I'm like, dude, get Skyrim. And he texts me like a day or two later, and he's like, "This game sucks. I want to shoot stuff. <laughs> yeah. What do I get?" And he like traded it in like right away. Yeah. And I was well, like, that's the interesting. Right. It's it's again like such a different landscape compared to Skyrim because Skyrim was 2011 when Call of Duty sales hadn't really declined yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like yeah, like there have been like obviously Fallout 3 came out a while back, and yes, there was New Vegas, but that wasn't but that's the Game Studios that was Obsidian, and so it's this really interesting thing where like this is the first like big like pure. Bethesda Game Studios game, and it's coming out a very in a very different landscape mm-hmm. where it's it is a new generation where the install base is by sheer time just smaller than it was at the point where Skyrim released on previous platforms. And so, so I don't know, like point. it's mm-hmm. I think like it'll be really interesting seeing like maybe it will be number one. But I also don't think there was a time like when Metal Gear Four came out. I don't think I ever would have expected a Metal Gear Five to top sales charts either. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's weird paying. Uh, a console manufacturer a ton of money for uh, the discoverability square on the homepage of their console when it's probably something they would have done anyway, right? Yeah, but it's more of that like locked in. Again, it's like there's one in the average Walmart or whatever it is, there's one Xbox kiosk. Right. And it's like, yeah, it's probably going to have Halo in it, but maybe this means sometimes has Fallout and maybe that's more mainstream. Like they like. A game like Fallout, they know they're going to sell it to you or to me or to like the right. game nerds. They probably are not necessarily going to sell it to the random high school kid who's never played a Fallout game who's yep. walking through a store or yep. whatever mm-hmm. it is. And I think that's maybe, I mean, to some degree, maybe the audience that they can get by doing something like this. It's a weird game to demo, too, right? Yeah. And Fallout's, exactly. Fallout's it. a yeah. weird example of that. It's like, 
it's always weird demoing gigantic open world games like oh, that because yeah. you get four minutes with it. Like it, even at a show like E3 or something, you're gonna like, pick up things because that's what you're supposed to do in a game. And if you've never played a, a Bethesda game before, you're gonna just get over encumbered and you're like, yeah. man, this game is slow. Yeah. Yeah. Even like like Fallout Three, if you were to start that game brand new in a store from the beginning and like make a character and go out into the world, you can literally take a wrong turn and get killed by mutants like ten seconds in, like before you've even actually. Yeah, I think that anything. was most people's experience with Fallout Three. That that was mine. It was basically walk outside of the vault and start picking stuff up, and then all of a sudden you're addicted to radiation poisoning and drugs. <laughs> Delicious toilet apples from Dandy Boy. <laughs> yeah, you're stuck in a sewer somewhere. I think I told the story on the show. Like I got all the way to like uh, the downtown area, and there was this gunner on top of a roof with like one of the best guns in the game. And I was like, I don't even know how I got this far. Like I don't even have a weapon yet. I just kept wandering, like, like a homeless person. And this gunner fell off the roof trying to kill me because I was standing underneath him, and he fell and he died. And I picked up his gun. And I was just like mutant, radiated, addicted toilet apple eater walking around with one of the best guns in the game. And I'm like, I have so much power! It's great. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So speaking about let's... uh, Yeah, uh, Battlefront. We have to talk about Battlefront because Star Wars is the thing we want to talk about. It's all we talk about. We were just at the coffee shop before recording this, and we were all doing Han Solo impressions, and a couple of real pretty girls just gave us the angriest look and left the building. Felt like high school all over again. Pretty much. Yep. Uh, speaking of Han Solo, Han Solo and Leia and Palpatine have all joined Battlefronts, all of your favorite friends who ride together in the Falcon. Palpatine's <laughs> going to look so yeah, weird like just... on, on Hoth when like, an old man in a robe is running around. I, yeah, I can't wait for that. I don't though, like, like it being there. I he has like force lightning power and stuff that seem really interesting and like Leia can call him dirty dog Leia can call like supply drops and things from other yeah. rebels like, I, I think like the way they've tuned each of these is really interesting no, it's, it's Wait, gonna so look... let's, let's break this down like, okay. what, what are their what are their powers and stuff uh, yeah Leia has supply drops and I she's think... more she's more defensive basically. exactly yeah and Palpatine has force lightning and then he has like force bursts I think it which is, is where he can do like more sustained damage which I was gonna say is really cool because I think from the jump we sort of assumed that all the heroes were coming in and they were gonna be these badass sort of like gunslingers or uh, lightsaber holders like basically attacking stuff like that but also having this kind of perk that's a hero that can come in and sort of like give you a bunch of supplies or give you a bunch of defensive things or build a shield or something like that is really cool that means that it totally opens up the doors to pretty much any Star Wars character. Yep. Yeah. Well, and that's actually one of the things you were talking about earlier is the interesting like obviously we've seen original trilogy characters in this but Max like you were saying some really interesting stuff earlier about like what that season pass could mean. So the thing we're forgetting about about Star Wars, or maybe not forgetting, is that there's a whole lot of people out there who really like the prequels. You know, people who are probably going to be Dyer. playing this game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's also the whole the fan base of the Rebels and Clone Wars series. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Battlefront's interesting because it is. I mean, it's all photogrammetry of original old school props and faithfulness to the, how the original trilogy feels. Mm-hmm. If you try to insert a bunch of Gungans riding on Kadu and throwing red like boomer balls or whatever those things, are, <laughs> bunch I of almost cursed on the show. Koosh bombs. Koosh balls. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing is like those bouncy balls some, they threw all over that dumb field. At some field. point, those are going to be in there because those were in past Battlefront games. And honestly, like Roger, Roger, babada, babada. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I kind of, I, I don't, I don't like the prequel stuff. But yeah. if they can somehow manage to take the prequel aesthetics and put them in a Battlefront in a way that in, that looks. Almost like, like it, it the prequels. That. Yeah. yeah, they can know. You, they yeah. can just scan all those models that they never made. <laughs> I mean, that's the weird thing is they well, did. They did make models of some of that. They stuff. made a couple. Yeah, they, they managed scan, to scan they that. Get Ahmed Bestin. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think like there are things like a clone trooper or like Jango yeah. Fett or like characters totally. that would look like a good part of this. No, some yeah. stuff that's, that's once they get <laughs> yeah. more kind of like Clone Wars oriented, I think yeah. that we're. It's very likely we're going to see we're going to see Rebels stuff in there eventually, yeah. like pretty yeah. soon. Um, Rebels has stormtroopers. It has Vader. It has some these these kind of. It has stuff that's inspired by like Ralph McQuarrie. 
Quarry designs. Uh, it also it, they've got um, they got an action figure of, of Kanan from that from that show, mm-hmm. and it's like done in a very realistic style, which is kind of he's also in a comic book. It's like Caden the last Padawan or whatever, right? And it's it's not doing that kind of. Uh, post Gendy Tartakovsky like Clone Wars aesthetic. It doesn't yeah. look cartoony at yeah. all. Uh, and that could totally fit in there. That could be really interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that as we uh, approach The Force Awakens, um, we're getting that weird, uh, that Battlefront DLC, the yeah. Battle of Jakku, yeah. which is such, it's such cheap advertising, the way that they're jumping on that, and it makes complete sense because you know that the more assets from The Force Awakens that are out there floating around, the more likely it is something's going to leak or something's going to get screwed up in the, in the marketing scheme. Yeah. Um, the Battle of Jakku DLC we're going to see, or whatever, it's like free DLC. Um, yeah. yep. It's a planet. The planet is the thing from the movie that we're seeing. It's that it's that the crash star destroyer. Yeah. But it's going to be taking place around Return of the Jedi or after Return of the Jedi, not the same time as The Force Awakens. So right. you're going to be seeing the same stormtroopers and snowtroopers and, and rebel pilots and, and stuff running around that you see in regular Battlefront. It's still going to be an original trilogy yeah, you set You won't see game. snowtroopers. Yeah. Because that's but, hot. Well, yeah. They be they just they get heat stroke and they fall over. Boys. They walk really slowly. Why did I wear this fur yeah. light suit? <laughs> no, I, Milk was a bad I don't, actually, I, don't um, know if you're, I don't know if you're seeing it around the time of Jedi. I think there are going to be crash TIE fighters and Star Destroyers. I mean, there's going to be crash and stuff, but you're going to be seeing the, you're going to be living the battle that that Ray is sal- salv- uh, salvaging in yeah. right. Force Awakens. Like being, you are not going to be playing as like Kylo Ren. You're not going to exactly. be playing as the, right, right, the right. new Stormtroopers. Yes. Right. Well, like, but yes. when you say yes. right, that's going to come eventually. That's yeah. going to come out real soon. If yep. they announce that kind of day and date with the movie coming out, that would be smart as all hell. And it, yeah. I would it would not surprise me one bit if they're like, hey, remember that season pass and that Ultimate Edition? You're getting the first Force Awakens game right so, here. Here yeah. you go. Yeah, we talked about this last week, but this is exactly why I bought the season pass because I'm all in on this. Yeah. And I'm just so I want when we get those emails. That are just like tonight we're adding blah 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 and I come home and it's like ooh presents and I don't have yeah. to, I don't have to pull out my credit card and buy things. So again. yeah, and it would be cool if they did as like a stealthy. Oh man, I would love if they just had like an update go live like the week Force Awakens comes out and it's like guess what everybody now has Finn and Ray and Kylo Ren. I think they know what's up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that but would also be, that'd be throwing a lot of money away. Yeah. So that being said, I think the, the season pass uh, it's going to get into some Force Awakens stuff, but I think it's it's going to get into way less. I, don't, I think the prequel stuff might come way later. Oh, it's totally going to come way later. Yeah, I think they're. They're going to they're going to tiptoe into yeah. it. They're going to come. We got Rogue One coming out. Yeah, yeah. that's a prequel movie. Yeah, but they're doing it in a way. It's, oh no, 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 it's an anthology that takes place before A New Hope. Yeah. It doesn't take place after Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. it takes place before A New Hope. Yeah, yeah. it's a different thing yep. to say. Yep. Yeah, and it's also that's going to be very Republic Commando. Yeah, this I mean right. th- this game right now has been leaning very original trilogy and and obviously large chunks of it. I mean they're in the in the beta was Sullust, which is that new sort of like Hawaii uh, burnt volcano. That's where uh, Lando Calrissian's best friend Yen Yum is from. That's right. Uh, so one thing <laughs> that I really found interesting about that uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was talking about this last week <laughs> That's just something I know buddy me. you're telling me <laughs> I don't uh, understand a word he just said on the drop zone map just about you, cold 45 that you play there uh, there's all those little like gas pits you fall into mm-hmm. and it's kind of a pain in the ass and I'm, dr- I'm running around going like oh this would be perfect for like an actual dedicated Jabba's palace like backyard kind of so you're fighting from like the, the skiffs and then you fall down and you knock people into sarlacc pits and it's yeah. just like just build this huge kind of sand area in this kind of like sand valley and put floating ships over it, put Jabba's Palace in the back room with that fat frog <laughs> that sits outside. That's Boobo I mean, the frog dog. And then, and then put all these, put all these Sarlacc Boobo? pits in there. Here's the funny like, that thing. That would be awesome. The funny thing is EA obviously gets a lot of shit and always has, oh, sorry, uh, for season passes and analyzed games and blah, blah, blah. 
And that, like, I think some of that got tried. But any of that said, or all that said, like, Battlefield 4 yep. just got DLC. Battlefield 3 had DLC for almost two years after release. Yeah. And again, people were mad about it. But in this context, I think people are going to be really excited that this game yeah. could be supported for, like, Rogue One could be out on Blu-ray, and this game could still be having DLC. That's like, 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 hey, we just yeah. added so, Cloud City. You exactly. Know? And that's a cool thing. Like, I think, like, the Star Wars universe is so incredibly rich that, like, I think there are, like... Um, like everything we're yeah. saying is barely scratching the surface of like if they really want to do like deep cut things they really could yeah and that's I, so exciting I'm looking forward to that I think that that's what, what's worth looking at is that you look at something like Disney Infinity you look at something like Destiny they're these you know multi-million dollar platforms for you know distributing new content uh, the fact is we're not getting a licensed Force Awakens game but we're getting a Force Awakens Disney Infinity pack that comes yeah. with Kylo Ren and Rey and BB-8 or yeah. whatever yeah. and it's going to have like a little campaign baked into it uh, I think that Battlefront is kind of the it's it's kind of the, the same model I think we're mm-hmm. going to see that mm-hmm. uh, and I I guess like what do you compare this to? I think you know Battlefield's a good one obviously but we're getting kind of to like expansion pack territory. Yeah. Totally. I don't think that we're going to see Battlefront 2 coming out next fall. I think it's going to be like it's going to be a Taken King kind of situation. Yeah, where they're like, well, I think it's going to keep growing. Also, realistically, you'll probably see Battlefield Five before you see Battlefront sure. yeah. Two. Yeah. Like, and I, but I do think that they'll keep supporting this. Like, I think it's really cool that like EA just released DLC for Hardline and Battlefield Four, like right before this comes yeah. out, which is really smart. And like, yeah. honestly, like I like that idea of like you can make that six dollar investment and yeah. sure maybe this DLC is five bucks or whatever but so, like you and can I, I wanted, continue I wanted to support to address it. that real quick because I got a bunch of tweets from people being like you're a hypocrite and I'm like yeah I know I'm a human I'm sorry uh, but well, I went on the show talking about how the like the Batman season pass was kind of garbage because people were buying into it before knowing what they were getting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then I turned around and gave fifty dollars to EA uh, to sign up for the the this the Battlefront season, but that's pass. your choice as a consumer. You like, Star but it's Wars also like Batman. I think that the history of of stuff that we've seen DLC wise for the Batman games hasn't been nearly as interesting to me as knowing what um, the Battlefield guys have done in terms of supporting those games. That's after a the fact. good point. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. also like I said last time, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is like it's like I so, feel like I'm five. I can just say, but that's the thing about fandom. I think that's okay, right? Like I think it it makes sense that like. I will spend seventy dollars on a dumb Persona toy, and I'm not going to spend seventy dollars on a Star Wars toy. Whereas, like, plenty of other people feel the opposite. Like, yeah, I, think I, that I know like, that somebody else is like, you know, a penguin's helicopter is my Jabba's palace. <laughs> exactly, you know? exactly. They're all dumb. Speaking of which, it I really sounds want... like the the most convoluted safe word you could have. I know. Penguin's, penguin's helicopter. helicopter. <laughs> Speaking of which, while we're talking about things I we go want, home. <laughs> I really, I do, I do want the sort of like. So, what I really love about Jabba's palace, and I talk about this all the time, is just how like weird. Big fortune. <laughs> I didn't, it's, I didn't finish the curse word about. <laughs> How how weird and strange it is, and it's full of strange characters, and it's also like there's tunnels going off in all these directions that you don't really see. And it'd be cool if they built a map like that that had a rancor in the center of it that work that worked sort of like these heroes do. So the way you have Han Solo, Leia, Palpatine, and and or Luke and Darth Vader in the mm-hmm. beta, um, being able to call on a rancor or even going to Hoth and being able to call on Wampa or something. Oh, like that, yeah, that's yeah. the kind of stuff I want to see him get into. Right yeah. now, it, you're you're talking yeah. about how it feels a little safe. It feels a little sort of just like good guys versus bad guys shooting What's, each other. Wait, mm-hmm. One of the things I thought evolved it really well is sort of the NPC flora and fauna yeah. that will mess with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I want I think that, that would be so much. Really awesome. I want that so much. Levels. Yeah. Also, I just it's they're they're doing very uh, very battlefieldy levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So far, we've seen like. 
couple planets we don't really know about. There's a there's a part of Tatooine that has like some Tusken Raider villages, which never really showed. I mean, it's where Anakin had a temper tantrum at one point, yeah. but like it's nothing really special about it. Uh, we've got the Battle of Hoth, which is like okay, it's Alaska. Like and then, it's called like the genocide of the Tusken Raiders. Uh, <laughs> temper tantrum. We're gonna be starting that. I will talk about it. I will talk about it. Anakin. Just Anakin. I hate them. I kill them like animals. Leave my mother alone. I love you. You're not like sand. I hate sand. Where sand people live. Anyway. It gets inside of your shoes and your Nintendo DS. <laughs> and uh, your car. <laughs> car? Um, it gets what was I your saying? weird horse. I really I really want some actual like Star Warsy levels. Like Hoth is yeah. cool. Hoth, I mean Hoth is cold. Hoth cold. But like Endor is uh, is a three hour drive from here. Like it's yeah. a, it's it's big trees. Yeah, we haven't even really seen Ewoks doing anything. I want like the the Endor demo that you and I saw at Celebration was gorgeous. Yeah, but, but there were right. Yeah. That it wasn't like like there was a couple. There, you see a, a a chicken walker come in. Yeah. And there's the Adat comes in, and there's that sort of like little area that uh, the Endor area that's like this kind of terminal that you see mm-hmm. Darth Vader in. But yeah, you don't really see like Ewoks setting up tracks. I think, well, they're, I think always, they're really they're really shooting. If you'll allow me for the shooter crowd, yeah. like they've got yeah. military hardware, they've got military people, but like they're gonna scare them off if they've got Muppets in there too soon. Yeah. But the second they announced that Wicket is a is a uh, playable hero, yeah. and he just runs super fast and gores people with it's like, like, like a, a sharp yeah. stick, and all of a sudden two trees come in from the sides. <laughs> that's I mean, gonna that's be crazy. It's like, gonna be awesome. Yeah. That is the most interesting thing I think a game can. It's like why I like Game of Thrones, right? Because Game yeah. of Thrones is like, yeah, you have this guy versus this guy versus this guy, and then you have the White Walkers who are just this unstoppable force that comes in from nowhere yep. and I think that's always a more interesting thing is like it's you versus you and that's fine but then there's like a third party thing mm-hmm. that neither of you can control that can either help or hurt you I yeah. think that's always the most well, interesting well it's like the way the way I was talking about that new um, Umbrella Core game we played at, at mm-hmm. Comic Con which is just like it's not very interesting it's just a shooter but the fact that there's zombies inside the level also makes it go oh man there's something t- tiny else uh, something else I have to kind of deal with here mm-hmm. uh, so I do love that idea of sort of just being like was that a Minoc? <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Uh, like, yeah, I just, I really hope we get some more of that. Um, you were saying I, I wanna, specifically, I want to backpedal because yeah. last week I talked about how I was underwhelmed by the, the Battlefront beta, and then something I'm completely embarrassed about happened. They put up that new holiday trailer for Star Wars where. It's literally a video of a guy sitting at his desk and he's playing with a Star Wars toy and he's having all these flashbacks to like a birthday party where he's got like an R2-D2 cake that says Max on it yeah. and he's hanging out with his friend there, lightsaber fights on a bed crying. and then he has like a nervous breakdown and just throws a chair through his window yeah. and his friend shows up in an X-Wing and they're like, woohoo! And I'm just like... No, if you take the uh, X-Wing out of that video, that is a video of a guy committing suicide. Which is great. I <laughs> like love it. Like a guy being like, they put... Vaseline in the office coffee again, and I'm losing my mind. I know. He I love jumps it. out of a window. I love that they are completely tapped. Like, and I his R two D two toy talks to him. It's like, David, you have to kill yourself. Just now. do it, David. Well, I, I love that. Dark. I mean, his, 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 his name is I Max. Name Max. It's established in the video. His name is Max. It says because when I watched that video, it said Andrew on the birthday cake. Okay, so we got a big gas leak in the IGN office. Well, I felt, I felt also, weird. I like, I'm like, I identify with this video, and I look over my desk. He's like covered in Star Wars. I, know, I was saying, like, I was I mean, thinking I kind the same of thing. Like, he picks up that R2, and I'm like, I have that R2. My parents sent me a bo- like a whole box of all of my old Star Wars toys, and I'm like, I have that R2, and I look at my desk, and I'm like, I have 200 other things. Yeah, yeah. I'm not this guy at all. Yeah, no. Like, also, when I want to play a game at work, I walk down the hallway, and this guy has to... Jump out of a window. <laughs> yeah. No, we're like, we're like, let's get in a room together and I'll talk about Star Wars. Um, but no, like, I completely just 
like you got excited about it and it it caught. Yeah. Like you showed up outside my window with your X wing and you're like, guess what? I got the season pass. Yep. I don't give a shit. You smashed your yeah. window. Let's yeah. go to the coffee shop no, and like, scare away the girls. Yeah. I completely. I kind of. I kind of am more excited. Come December seventeenth. Those girls will have plenty to talk to us about <laughs> when the Star Wars film is. In the- <laughs> we went to the Alamo Draft House, ladies. Well, no, what's what I really like about Star Wars? How it's just it's really big and really popular again, and it's also sort of just like. Oh, you guys want to talk about Star Wars now? People are like, yeah, let's talk about Star Wars. And I'm like, no, no, no. I mean, like, you, you really want to get in there? Yeah. That's really that's, what, that's what this year has been. Because yeah. I'm, I'm going to, because I, I, Max and I will have hour-long conversations by ourselves around no microphones or cameras where I'm like, I bet you Bib Fortuna has the wash job with the belly all the time. <laughs> yeah, and that's the weird <laughs> who thing. Think, who do you think fills like, that bowl well, of frogs? Well, it's not canon anymore, but there was a short story about the things that Bib Fortuna had to do in his daily life. <laughs> that was always like when Anthony <laughs> was here. When Anthony was here, it was always that, where I was, he was like talking about Star Wars, and I was like, oh man, like Han Solo's the best, huh? And then he like went to four. 45-minute rant about, like, Han Solo's history and when Chewie yep. and him went on a vacation back to Kashyyyk and met all <laughs> yep. the other, and I'm just like, whoa, this is way over yeah. my head. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I can, I can kind of do that, but I'm also, I, I don't know, I, I'm, I watched the trilogy this weekend, and I just was like, I like this. I like this part. Uh, it's real funny because uh, Princess Leia walks into some wind chimes. <laughs> She'll be real sneaky, but she's wearing a big hat. Yeah. So she knocks into some wind uh, yeah. chimes. Uh, yeah, I mean, that whole thing of... It is weird how mainstream it has now become, or how everyone is excited for this now. Yeah. Yep. Like I was, uh, I, have a, I was going to a bar last night, and literally, like in my cab ride was when the trailer aired uh, during halftime, and I got to the bar to meet up with people who I did not think would care, but they were like, "Hey, uh, ten minutes ago the trailer was on, and the entire bar erupted." Like That's everyone awesome. was watching. I couldn't. The I couldn't sleep last night because my mind was like twirling through fan theories of what, yeah. what was right. happening in this movie. And that's the thing. We were just talking about this at lunch. Like last night, Twitter was like the best place to be. Like it was like there was no negativity. It wasn't mm-hmm. people complaining about stuff. It was just like every single person I follow geeking out over Star Wars, being super positive and adorable and excited and like posting literally people printed out tickets on their computer and took selfies holding them up movie tickets that we buy all the time so if you want free tickets to Star Wars just (laughs) print those out (laughs) take the barcodes into your local theater man um yeah, that's a. Uh, yeah, I did. I got uh, up in the middle of the night to buy more tickets. I bought three sets of tickets for opening weekend to see Star Wars. And you started clapping. Your wife woke up and got mad at you. Yeah, I woke I, uh, up in the middle of the night, re- rolled over, grabbed my phone. I ordered two more tickets <laughs> for Max and I to see Star Wars. You're coming and with us. I went to sleep in my Star Wars celebration shirt, and I I read the short story uh, Swap Meet, which is about a young Jawa named Het Nakik from the <laughs> Tales from the Mos Eisley Cantina. <laughs> With my with my dog that looks like an Ewok. I only spoke to... Your dog to, absolutely I, looks like an Ewok. I, uh, for last night for dinner, I made uh, a big bowl of f- frogs <laughs> <laughs> and water, and my wife and I ate them like Java monsters, and afterwards I talked to her like... Uh, like a little salacious yeah. crumb boy. Yeah, salacious crumb. I went... <laughs> <laughs> this morning my pancakes were shaped like BB-8. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> should we keep going with news? Or no, no, I was going to say real quick. So, so the bad news from all this, in trying to buy uh, the, and I'll do a quick PSA here, in trying to buy the the season pass, the season pass for Star Wars, I found you something got called. Real frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> you just know what my dad does all the time. He's like, oh, what's her name? Oh, Glenn Close. <laughs> <laughs> Smash my phone against the wall. <laughs> Damn it, Glenn Close. I was so Glenn Close to that. Uh, so error code E. Dash 
820-822-0001-0001 is Sony's new way of telling you that they don't want your money. So now hundreds of people are experiencing this. I went in the PlayStation forums uh, and on, on NeoGAF and in the podcast beyond Facebook group, and I found that a lot of people have been really dealing with this thing. Apparently, two or three weeks ago, the PlayStation Store updated, and ever since then, a bunch of people's credit cards have been blocked out, and they haven't been able to use their PayPal accounts or anything. So I had to delink all of my cards and then reconnect them through the app uh, and then trying it through their website and everything. Nothing worked. So finally to buy the season pass, which was basically like a sort of like spur of the moment kind of thing of being like Star Wars and I wanted to go buy it. Like spending $120 on a video game is not something I do like just for fun all the time. In fact, I do it almost never. But uh, I couldn't do that because of this dumb error code. This, the problem is not on your end. It's not in your credit card's end. It's actually on Sony's. So if you're experiencing this, uh, complain on their forums, call their tech support. Worst comes to worst, if you absolutely have to buy a game, go on Amazon and buy the PlayStation uh, network cards, basically just points. And they'll send you a download code immediately, and you can use it to redeem, and then you're good to go. But this is a big problem they're having. Sony, get it together. Your store's kind of disaster. I was just talking to people in the, in the podcast you know, beyond Facebook, uh, Facebook group about how there's a bunch of problems in that store that are happening to people. Like, I don't know if this happens to you guys, where you'll go to open the store and it just won't load. Yeah, I've yep. that. Like, one mm. out of five times, and I have to basically hard reset my console or close yep, out. It happens on Vita sometimes, too. Yeah, you know, I think, the, I think the problem with the money, I, I, I think I know where they're coming from here. Um, I have this problem in Metal Gear a lot, and it's when I have too much money. Yeah. And I think that the PS4 is, is selling too many things, and they're making too much money in there. And they, yeah, they're, they're piggy banks full. They gotta crack it open. They've yeah. got they've got five million GMP, and they yep. they're trying to you're trying to uh, buy some Haoma from them, and it's mm-hmm. just yeah. not happening. It's it's weird to piggyback off the story about how they had their best like digital month ever, and then I'm sitting there screaming at my television, throwing, trying to throw my wallet at them, and it's not working because you can't buy things. That's like winning a race with a broken ankle. That's <laughs> exactly. Uh, pretty so cool. watch out for that. Uh, Error code E dash two eight. Yeah, don't all those numbers. EV ninety nine. Alan Tudyk walked away from Uncharted four. <coughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. What? What? Yeah, okay. the story is really interesting. Uh, Alan Tudyk, who you probably know from Firefly, and he's going to be in Rogue One, and he's a real handsome redheaded gentleman. Yeah. Um, he talked about uh, how he was actually originally part of Uncharted Four and kind of the original incarnation of it, along yeah. with uh, Todd Stashwick mm-hmm. and um, so me, when Amy Hennig was on it. Let me read this quote real quick. Can I, I you do it in Alan Tudyk voice? Uh, how does that go again? Um, I don't know, it's, it's like your Harrison Ford. It's like your Han Solo impression. I'm just doing the Harrison Ford voice. So here's okay. This is uh, Brian Altano's reenactment of Harrison Ford reading the Alan Tudyk quotes about leaving Uncharted 4. I can't believe people listen to the show sometimes. <laughs> I worked on Uncharted, the one that has yet to come out. I was doing a role on that. Really, I hadn't seen Nolan since he and I had recorded years before. Chewie, damn it, get out of the <laughs> get out of the carburetor. All right, it's a long quote, so okay, you can get arrested. No, I liked it. They, um, they fired, um, let's add a massive sigh. <sighs> I left. I quit. Ha ha. So I didn't like... I mean, I left because they decided to go a different way with it, and when they did that, when they changed leadership, it made my contract null and void, and I was able to take that opportunity to walk away, which was great because I got the experience of doing it. I made some friends, not with Naughty Dog, but I made some friends with the people that left. Todd Stashwick was in that as well, who is in Con Man, and he did the same thing I did, which was, yeah, we're going to leave now. Y'all are making some weird changes. We're going to leave. Sorry, Nolan. We left you. We just walked away. We abandoned him. So Todd Stashwick, uh, no, uh, Troy Baker ended up taking over his characters. Uh, yep. well, he's supposed to play the gruff for the kind most, of... I mean, yeah. 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 He, he's playing uh, the older brother of Drake. Yeah. Yes. And Stashwick left with Amy, and he's, he's co-writing the Star Wars game. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I, mean, I, just, I, I think it's just interesting as kind of a what could have been. Um, that's a big name to have attached. I mean, not really, you know, maybe not a big name with, like, 
my mom. My mom doesn't know who that is or something. But like within the genre crowd, that's like a big oh, name. Oh, so no Glenn attached. Close. Totally. So, so Glenn Close, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Star of um, Damages. Yeah. I mean, I think it's safe to say that uh, <laughs> a lot of this is pointing to the, f- uh, the fact that I think the game was originally more lighthearted. I'd be willing to bet, especially with an Alan Tudyk sort of character. Mm-hmm. I imagine it was a, like... Nothing you know, bad ever happens to any characters he plays. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except that one time he got a big pole right through his <laughs> chest. Um, yeah, and so I imagine that the changes were that this is going to be a darker game, um, which obviously Neil and Bruce coming off of The Last of Us, it's yeah. pretty talented. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it remains to be seen, right? Like, I don't... It's interesting because, like... I think the Uncharted 4 we get will obviously be very different than whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a really interesting kind of piece of history. I, I would love to kind of, I, I hope, you know, someday we kind of get the, well, what was it kind of mm-hmm. story. Because, I, I think um, it's, it's, it's very fascinating here how he talks about the, the contract going null and void because they changed uh, creativity, creative direction midstream, which gave him the window to jump through to get out of there. But and I don't think that's uncommon. Like, you see directors leaving movies all the no, time. No, it's and not, then... but it's, it's, very, it's, it's not very frequent that people call that an opportunity to walk away, sure. which was great. Yeah, I mean, because I got the experience of doing it and made friends that weren't with Naughty Dog. Like he's very specifically being like, this wasn't the best situation. This to work is a on. really rare kind of quote to see because yeah. he's being sure. very, very like, candid. very yeah. candid. Yeah. Well, it's a rare quote to see in our industry. I think like the fact that this guy is basically a, a Hollywood guy and he doesn't normally have to play by our rules is really good. It's it's good insight for mm-hmm. us because you have somebody coming in being like, oh, I don't really know how they deal with all that. Yeah. Which is like how a lot of stories get leaked is voice actors who don't necessarily usually work Yeah, they're like, just finished recording my lines for Fallout 5. Yeah. And people are like, like well, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think it's really interesting. Um, I know, I'm really excited for Uncharted 4. I think... Um, it's always weird seeing quotes like this because they're only getting one side of it, obviously. Yeah. Like, maybe from the other side, they'd be like, oh, man, like, that guy came into work drunk every day. I'm not trying to start rumors. But I'm just saying, like, you never know, like, what what the other side is. I think it's interesting. Yeah. Um, it's kind of odd when people get mad about video game journalism not being journalism enough because uh, it's an industry that keeps a lot of tightly tight-lipped, kind of tight-shut sure. mm-hmm. and yeah. non-disclosure agreements and all that. Uh Article went up on Kotaku today mm-hmm. about Destiny. Yeah, great, great it's write-up. So that's, good. That's really, a Jason Schreier genre, yep, right? Yep. Incredibly well um, reported by Jason. Uh, yeah, really, he did really a lot cool. of digging around Jason. for like thirteen yes. months sure or something. Listens. People will tell him to listen to this specific segment. Yep, with Brian. Yeah, that's gonna be annoying. Sorry Hi, about Jason. that. Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> no, uh, Jason is probably among so, the best reporters in the industry for yeah. sure. I've heard some rumors about this here and there. Um, Apparently, Destiny basically scrapped its entire story several months before launch. Yeah, uh, nice. summer 2013, I think they said they they kind of rebooted it. And, um, I mean, it, it's, like, really hard to paraphrase. Like, absolutely read that story. It's mm-hmm. on Kotaku. Um, it is the true—it's headlined something along the lines of the true story of what happened to Destiny. Um, it is just a really cool look at—based uh, on—and he worked on that for almost a year. Um, right. He said it's uh, just awesome— quotes from people and kind of insight into what happened there and, and how it kind of restarted. Um, I, I would guess they're going to talk about that on Fireteam Chat this week and probably mm-hmm. know a lot more than we do, but yeah. uh, really, really cool. Uh, I highly recommend reading that. I mean, it's very interesting because I feel I feel kind of uh, kind of hornswoggled by Destiny. Like, I was yep. really excited about that game before it came out and then I played it and I, I mean, I, got, I feel like I got my money's worth. Like, I probably put, I don't know, 12 hours or something into it sure. and I got leveled up and I sort of had a fun time and then I was like why am I doing this I don't feel like mm-hmm. I'm getting rewarded for anything and I don't feel like the story went anywhere it's I interesting I, because now it's so funny how many people have had that experience like I think you were there yeah. Mitch was there I was there um, but the people who have gone back now with Taken King like so much of that seems to have been fixed right, and right. so it's like so, yeah. I always feel bad saying that right because like I started Destiny and really want like I loved the alpha mm-hmm. and the beta I played a pretty good amount of them and then the actual game came out and I just kind of fell off really fast um mm-hmm. 
So I would actually really love to go back at some point because you get that spark of light and it puts you up to, I think it's 25, and then you can get up to 40 and start kind of jumping into the Taken King stuff. Um, I'm, I, mean, I probably I'm, just said a bunch of things that were wrong. But I'm, no, seriously, like I, I'm super interested in Destiny now and, and kind of the history of that game is I'm really glad Jason kind of started this ball rolling because yeah. I think someday there will be so many incredible stories about sort of this mm-hmm. era of Bungie. Oh, completely. But it, also it's funny because he's got some stuff in there that I mean other people had dug up of, of early kind of Destiny promotional material where they were like, here's some stuff you can do in the game. Here's stuff that's in the game. Here's stuff that's not in the game, Yeah, mm-hmm. which is kind of symptomatic of when you have an industry that's kind of this slow and making a product but also putting that much money into it to the mm-hmm. point where like Destiny gets announced pre-order Destiny now you know it's like oh alright was, that, was a- that the game that was leaked in that like coffee shop dossier we yeah so uh, well the original leak of Destiny came from during the Modern Warfare 2 lawsuit um there was a bunch of contract information about it. So the codename of it leaked, and which was just Destiny. It was the title. And then Great a, a bunch of uh, very Always hide specific, something in the most obvious spot. A bunch of very specific contract details. Like it was originally planned to be annualized, uh, alternating with DLC, yeah. which was codenamed Comet, which ended up being the codename for Taken King. Um, year, like every year there would be Destiny, Comet, Destiny 2, Comet 2, etc. Um, it was like an eight-year plan. That was when they first used that Xbox 720 codename because this was right. from so long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, super interesting. And then, yeah, we had um, an IGN reader uh, found a bunch of marketing material in a Panera Bread and, wow. and sent to us, and I wrote that up in 2011, 2012. Um, that was super interesting. It was, but just, it was just like a folder full of... It was a, it was a marketing firm proposing a, an ad campaign for Destiny, and it was so a lot crazy. of official concept yeah. art mixed with like mock-ups they had done using like Command & Conquer what's art. What's nuts is that the, the concept art for Destiny is is wonderful. I got excited based yeah. on that, which is something I shouldn't well, do. I and think one of the highly... things about the story, too, is of all the places... To have a corporate lunch. Yeah, Panera. Panera, Panera bread? Yeah, really? You, um, get to, you get to pick two. They got good yeah. soup, okay? No, they no, do not. They okay. do not. In all, Decent in all soup series, for a change. It's a bread-themed okay. restaurant. The broccoli cheddar is wonderful. Um, <laughs> if you are a Destiny fan, go back and watch the GDC 2013 Destiny panel. It is so interesting. The concept art they showed during that panel actually ended up being Taken King stuff. I was mm-hmm. talking to Mitch about this today. And like, if you watch, they're talking about the classes in the game. And there was a class called the Tiger Man, which is like basically the, the cat class from Skyrim. And it's like this like very wizened tiger. Like It's like nothing that's in the game at all. It's so interesting seeing how well, that game It started changed. off being, after Halo, they were like, we don't want to do like a sci-fi thing. We want to do right. something fantasy. And there's like concept art of a bunch of goblins covering a giant toad and people fighting that and like dudes oh, who just God. look like knights and stuff. And yeah. Sounds awesome. They kind of, yeah. yeah, like, and I was really on board with the idea of, of doing kind of classic space fantasy and like, I mean, not to, uh, you know, point any fingers or anything, but I, I think that Destiny draws pretty freaking heavily from Star Wars. Like yeah. you can kind of, everybody looks like General Grievous and Boba Fett and they're all running around weird armor capes and stuff but. and I think they were probably the first to admit that right like yeah. I think Destiny seems to have been sort of pitched or or intended to be kind of that like MMO answer for consoles for like a, a sci-fi lover basically that like yeah. mixed all the best parts of all these things and it's like they took a weird sidestep which I think why Jason's article is really valuable because it gets into sort of what happened there but now they've sort of righted the course like everything I've heard about Taken King is that like the raid is really cool and that it's kind of fulfilling it's kind of scratching that MMO itch that like consoles need um, I don't know I I kind of wish I was more into Destiny or into I, Destiny at all. Me too. I mean, I I was approaching it as somebody who loves Star Wars and wants a, a, a big, stupid game to get involved with and kind of yep. jump on day one. Because, like, a lot of franchises that we talk about, I wasn't I wasn't gaming when they caught on. Like, yeah. when Assassin's Creed showed up, I wasn't I wasn't playing games, really, and that's, like, a yearly thing. Call of Duty never grabbed me, so it sort of just kind of bummed out on that front. But 
I feel like maybe the problem was I got into Destiny too early. Like if I if I got into it now, it might be awesome. But well, and I really like the thing Zach wrote for us, uh, which is about that. It's about he jumped in Destiny early, didn't like it, stepped away from it, and now he came back in, and the game is actually very appealing now. I think like now is the time if you're going to jump in because a lot of people are getting revived interest with Taken King. I know Keza used to work with us, um, got back into it. Um, there are a bunch of IGN people like Eric Sapp is super into it now. Um, Mitch just started like. I don't know. I, I it sucks because like I I really do. I'm like man. I wish I could jump into Destiny. And I'm like right, oh yeah. wait, Halo and Battlefront and Fallout and 20 other games I want to play are all coming out. I, well, it's, it's strange because there's a bunch of people at IGN who've told me that Taken King is their game of the year, and I'm yeah. like Destiny came out last year. Play a new game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting if you look at those NPD numbers. We were just talking about Taken King is listed as it's yeah. like number. It's yeah. like within the top ten and like it's it selling totally super crazy. well. That's really good. Like, Destiny is really interesting because it's one of those, it, it's sort of this weird proof that like that game came out, the reviews were middling, like they, it, it didn't really get a lot, I think it averaged out like 76 on Metacritic, which is not bad, but it wasn't getting like 9s and 10s, whereas now like Taken King is, Taken mm-hmm. King is like something people really like and are invested in, so mm-hmm. I don't know, like I, I give a lot of props to Bungie for supporting that game I mean, as it's well got as a, it's got a sturdy skeleton under there, you know, yep. they know how to make a, a solid game. Activision, kind of with the exception of like Tony Hawk recently, they generally ship pretty finished polished games mm-hmm. and if they're going to yeah. be kind of kind of janky they are games that are you should sort of know that going in it's going to yeah. be like a downloadable naruto game or something you know uh yeah. legend of korra somebody's gonna get mad at me for making that slip up uh um, but yeah go read, go read jason schreier's uh, destiny article on kotaku it's it's real smart and it kind of gives some insight into how tight-lipped this industry is speaking of which oh, segway, segway, uh, segway, the, yeah the ongoing uh drama of konami and kojima that almost oh, rhymes, sort of. Uh, there's some weirdness, some weird stuff going yeah, well, on. Everything's fine. Uh, it's vacation. What to my to my uh, recollection, mm. this is the first time this has ever happened. Uh, the New Yorker, a magazine for um, old people who like art and stuff like that, broke a story Funny about cartoons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hideo Cute Kojima leaving the company on October 9th after and apparently having a farewell party and everything. Everyone and looked real sad. They were like lined up against the wall like it was a firing squad yeah. with little just holding their cups. Yeah. yeah, I mean it looked like a, the party from Office Space. Yeah. Like, and if you, uh, yeah, the, the Friday's a Hawaiian shirt day so if you want to, um, you know, wear some jeans and uh, anyway. Uh, but yeah, they basically, they talked to some, uh, some Konami employees and said that, um, you know, Kojima's officially pieced out and mm-hmm. is gone. Uh, Konami, meanwhile, Kojima hasn't said anything. Konami gave a statement that can't, I can't find my arm. He's on. Marty's, Marty's interrupting my, this podcast to put on a shirt. Just, it's a shirt. For God's sake, Marty! Just inside out. This is the stupidest. Your shirt's inside out. This is the stupidest thing. Feels like a particle blanket. For those of you listening at home, Marty's having trouble putting on his stupid cardigan. Thank you for that, Marty. It feels like the stuff they put in uh, in attics. It looks like if you saw Better Call Saul, it's what I imagine like the brother was wearing when he had like the the fire blanket lined suit. Yep. Yep. Anyway, it looks uh, like the the kind of blanket they put on you when your house burns down. Max, I'm listening. Okay, sorry. He had a wardrobe. Marty, you're handing all the breakouts this week. I'm done. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah. So Kojima is not. He's not gone. He's just on vacation. Is that what they're saying? Yes. Yeah. No. That's what yes. Konami's saying. Yeah, yes. Konami's like, he's on vacation. 
Uh, he's we've yeah, shrunk him down and dad, shoved him in a pachinko machine. Still loves you. He's coming back. He just went to get milk in uh, in August. He's, he's, uh, there's, so there's a post on the podcast on Facebook group. Uh, I know very little about Japanese businesses, so I don't know if this is the case. Uh, they were claiming that it is uh, fairly common for someone to end their time at a company by taking the entirety of their vacation time. So you're still technically an employee, but you'll take like all of the vacation days you've accrued all at once right before the end because you either use them or lose them. Um, yeah. Maybe that's the case here. I mean, probably not, but I, th- I thought that was a really interesting theory. Mm-hmm. I like this quote a lot of there. As for the farewell party mentioned in the New Yorker's report, Konami said, we're not sure what kind of thing that was. <laughs> Which is sort of like when you go out for happy hour, but you wake up with a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that it's not even an exciting, if it would be kind of great if it was a really insane party photo, yeah. and you're, they're just like, well, we d- certainly don't endorse yeah, that sort of thing. We have no thing. knowledge yeah. of that. They're just well. like, they're having some cups. We have no something. knowledge of this late afternoon champagne like, affair. Oh, goodbye party, is that what we're calling that? That was just uh, hanging out with a guy that's not not gonna be here forever, kind of party. Yeah. Let's um, have a great vacation party. So like it does say that. It does say that. It does say that Kojima's non-compete clause ends, I think, in January or sometime, December. December yeah. 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 Which, I mean, if you're, I don't know what kind of vacation time the creator of Metal Gear Solid gets, but I mean, that's a good chunk of time there. You know, that's, that's yeah. kind of reasonable. I mean, I, again, like this is one of those stories. Like, I cannot wait until we find out what the case is here yep. because yep. there's obviously some stuff going on, and like. Maybe Kojima does still work there. Maybe he doesn't. Like, I don't know. Like, it's like I, we have heard so many awful things about Konami in the past few months. It's just like there's clearly something more to this, and I'm very excited to see what Has Kojima just ever come out and straight up and just like, hey, you guys are crazy. Stop talking about all this nonsense. Things. No, things he's just great. like, look at this action figure. You can touch the boobs yeah. or whatever. Like, that's what that's or be like, I, it's an amazing bird, and it's a seagull. And you're yeah. like, huh, all okay. right. <laughs> his, his Twitter is art. But I, love, just, I love that man so much. Yeah, I, I really can't Today wait until. Today I traveled to North Dakota and met a man named Chef Boyardee who created a <laughs> canned pasta. <laughs> Here's a photo so, of No, it. that's the thing I really love about Kojima so, is that so he is he is an inverse weeaboo. Like, he is a Japanese guy who's real, real stoked on American culture. Yeah, he's like yeah. Uncle Traveling Matt from Fraggle Rock, where he's basically just like... <laughs> that was a really deep <laughs> cut. Well, he's, he's like, uh, I found a store that was selling varied uh, colored tubes, but it turns out it's paint. You can't be eating them on the airplane. <laughs> Down in Fraggle Rock. I don't think that's what Kojima's like. I think he's he more like... He takes weird-ass pictures of things that it, like he's sort of fascinated with from all over the world, and I think it's wonderful. It's also yeah. like, he's a big... He's like a foodie, but he takes pictures of food that doesn't always look that great. Yeah. It's sort of like Martha Stewart was doing that for a while. Or she, like a, she was like, oh, a hen laid a wonderful egg in my backyard. If you I don't have Twitter and you're listening game. to this, get Twitter and follow Hideo Kojima and then Martha Stewart because yeah. Martha yeah. Stewart's tweets are the funniest things in the world. Yeah, the thing. dog's got They're a possum Kanye again. Also. Bloody yeah, little Kanye, mouths. Martha Stewart, me, um, Kanye. Yeah, get all okay. in there for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think it's really interesting though. I look forward to, you know, Schreier, somebody years from now saying what all, what happened here. Yeah. He's like, I am sure there are 30 people who are going to be very excited to talk. It's going to be everything Konami. Real interesting. Um, moving on, Marty. Yeah. You played uh, some Assassin's Creed. I did. Syndicate? Sundagate. Is that what they're calling it these days? That's what the kids are calling it. Um, so what's what's no. the what's the down low? The kids are calling yeah, it. so the uh, the full review, Daniel Krupa's full review is going to be up uh, He's very Thursday morning. He's very handsome. He looks His like mom Jeremy made a Vin, uh, uh, group that Vin Diesel cooked. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm, so I'm how's, how's that game? <laughs> yeah, uh, four reviews gonna be up uh, four a.m. Pacific time on Thursday morning. Uh, but I've played a bunch of it, and I can talk about the first couple uh, sections. And uh, the game is really good. 
I'm totally digging it. Uh, it's uh, by stripping away a lot of the multiplayer stuff and sort of the uh, the, the technical problems of uh, Unity. It is a much more uh, streamlined and fun and sort of relaxed game. Uh, it has a much uh, lighter tone, which I really appreciate. Like despite the fact that yeah, a lot of it's about the like child labor and about like the the, the poor houses, but it's in a fun way. And the stabbing yeah. of necks. The stabbing of necks. That uh, Jack the Ripper DLC where you eat ice yeah. cream with him. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Jacob and Evie, the uh, the the twins who are the uh, main two characters that you play as are lighthearted. They're fun. They're funny. They're really well acted. It's like Unity was such a wet blanket that this is so refreshing. This feels like Black Flag again to where it's like this awesome adventure that you go on. Uh, the core gameplay loop of uh, sort of completing side quests and slowly building up your characters feels really good. It feels like Far Cry almost where I want to do all the side things because I want to watch the map sort of get fleshed out and Which I want is like, my characters. You, to you were telling me that yesterday at dinner and that was like, I don't think you could have possibly like spoke my language better than yeah. that. That was like, and it sucks that Ubisoft can't just come out and say stuff like yeah. that. But yeah. that's what we have friends for. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but you're you're explaining that the the two character system works really well in terms of leveling up and upgrading too. Yeah. So you uh, on the fly you can switch between either of them uh, when you're not like in a main mission. And the way it works is that you know everything you do you're gaining XP and you're leveling up. Uh, but they both level up uh, at. They both draw from the same XP, but you level them up separately. So I was playing as Eevee for like an hour and a half and uh, slowly leveling up. And then when I switched back to Jacob, I got all that XP immediately. And I was like, oh, I went up four levels and I get to upgrade a bunch of stats. So it's like, it feels like a little, like a mini Christmas, like a Hanukkah every time you switch over to a character. Is that what Han- Hanukkah is like a mini Christmas? Right? It's eight mini Christmases in a row, yeah. culminating in a giant Kwanzaa. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right, Andrew? We're gonna get a lot no of idea. we're gonna get a lot of letters that are like, I think I'm angry. <laughs> <laughs> I just celebrate Christmas. I angry no question mark? Um, no, that sounds great. I love. Yeah. yeah. The, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, the side characters. No, oh, wrong one. Sorry. Uh, it's Christmas. The side characters you meet are like Charles Dickens and Frederick Aberline, who was the uh, uh, Johnny Depp in From Hell, and uh, uh, was what's the phone boy who who made that telephone? Alexander Graham Bell. Alexander Grambles. The uh, grandfather. Jonathan of the sex. Verizon. <laughs> what is it? Uh, the oh, Bell actually Henry, stole a lot of his ideas. Henry Christopher Comcast yeah. here, <laughs> inventor um, of Comcast. Here's a gun. <laughs> I like Alexander Graham Bell showing up and be like, "Oh, hello, 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 I made you a machine gun." Like, I you uh, he makes phones. you he makes you an electric bomb. Of course, like he a does. bomb of electricity. Uh, of course, he does. Um, the other when I'm not trying to communicate with people, I like to kill them. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Tupperware. Uh, well, you want to talk oh. to your friends with the phone, or you want to kill somebody? Oh, the thing you're gonna love is so you can. Ole, 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 ole. This game has a ton of horse destruction. Really? Yeah. You get in a carriage, a horse-drawn carriage. You go really fast. You well, just ram a- things. And you are just—I I think I killed like forty horses. In the that was—that was their—that was their E3 thing where they're like, "Well, here's the band, the White Stripes, and we're gonna throw a bunch of horses off of a bridge." <laughs> <laughs> what E3 did you go to? I don't remember. Also, why are you using the Han Solo voice again? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, why, so horse horse carriage racing is that a big thing now? Or it's, it's oh god, that racing was, is that's a, like the beginning of Revelations. Racing is, is a, you know, the, the horse hate, the I horses feel really stuff. good. We've had some yeah. real good open world horse games this year. We've <laughs> yeah. had The Witcher yeah. Three and we've had Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. How yeah. do the horse physics controls you, you can't, compare? So the problem to is the, you don't ride the horse; you ride the carriage. You can't ride a hor- like an actual horse. Um, you, the carriage is a little cart that the horse pulls. Did you say the horses feel real good a minute ago? Yeah, they feel I really feel like good. I that should be on the back of the box. Horses feel real good. But it's good. Just the ramming thing. And the horse is like, my horse fell over once. What happens if you oh. ram the horses oh, into something and they the get horse. hurt and then you can't? 
like where you just push in the gas in the in the carriage and it doesn't do anything because there's no <laughs> engine just on just it. No horse because there's, there's, just a, there's a, a decorative pedal there. You're the just, horses can also drift, which really? is really amazing. Yeah, like in take real that life. Final Fantasy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, it's really. Uh, uh, I'm very excited to play more. I think people okay. who were burned a little bit uh, yeah, last I year mean, about Unity are the stuff I played at PAX is great. Very happy, super excited. Yeah, cool. That sounds good. Is there's there's a grappling hook, isn't there? Yeah, there's a little there's a hook blade. Alexander Graham Bell uh, fixes that up for you. A so Graham Belling hook. A Graham. Oh, put that real, on the box. Really I'm not gonna put throw that the box box in the toilet. <laughs> <and> flush it. <laughs> hey, Leo, I'm, I made a telephone for you, but if you want, you can use it to smash somebody in the head and kill them. Take this handset and swing it around over your head. There's a small wire attached to it. You can go swinging from telephone pole to telephone pole. We haven't put those up yet because I haven't invented it yet. But we'll be there. History by Ubisoft. Oh, man. All right. Um... Oh, we got a bunch of questions for you guys in the Facebook group, but then we talked about Star Wars for 45 minutes. Oops. Yeah. Um, yeah, here's I... a quick question from Che Masters. What is your comfort game, something you pop in every now and then, and it's like putting on an old pair of shoes? Oh, man. Uh, for me, it's probably the original Legend of Zelda for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, that's a, that's a game where I... We, somebody was playing it in the office a few years ago um, on a 3DS, because I guess it came out on Virtual Console, on handheld for the first time. And I was standing over the shoulder being like, did you just start? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, bomb that bush. It's like, okay, cool. Wow, you got me an extra heart. Uh, burn that thing. Bomb that wall. Go here, here, and here. And I taught them how to sequence break, and they basically had like six or seven heart containers and like two or, two or three of the best weapons that you can start with before going into the first temple and then just walked in there and just murdered everybody. Like, that's the game. I just know it. I know it so well. And I had this awesome moment like when I first moved in with my wife where she was just like, no, we can go. We got we got audio on the thing. We're fine. Let's go. You're good. Keep going. So we're we going. had a quick yeah, we got audio on there. You're good. Yeah, we have camera audio. No, so I, I had this. I had this. Is it working? No. No, we're good. We got camera audio. I had, this, I had this moment. Where, okay, God damn it. I had this moment where I moved in with my, with my wife, and she was like, "Do you have Do you have the first Zelda game? Do you have the old Zelda game for Nintendo?" And I was like, "Yeah." And she was like, "Can we play it?" And she sat down, and over the course of that weekend. I like just kind of sitting off to the side. I watched her beat the game from start to finish, and it was just like, "Oh man, I'm gonna marry the hell out of this woman." <laughs> and I was sitting like in the, in our apartment, just being like, "She was like, what should I do here, honey?" I'm like, "Go oh, bomb that bush." And I was kind of like, got being her, her little fairy. You're a little, sh- you're oh, a little yeah. Sherpa. But that's that's like a rainy. Like it's once or twice a year I'll play through that game, start to finish. I, I just know it so well. It's totally like. It's there's no there's no surprise to it with me anymore. But I just it's it's kind of knowing it, that comfort of being like. This is this is going to be this is I, I don't have to think about this game I just I have this one yeah that's why I like I, I go back to a lot of 16-bit games a lot yeah. of Super Nintendo mm-hmm. games from Mario World: The Link to the Past to mm-hmm. Chrono Trigger Earthbound stuff that like it's nostalgic and at the same time like you said I it's almost frictionless because I'm, right. it's so ingrained in my muscle memory mm-hmm. um, as like probably the most recent thing is like a Katamari game. That's the yeah. thing I can go in and just like clear my head, and it's literally—I yeah. mean, the game is sort of literally about like cleaning and about like accumulating and sort of like setting everything right, which uh, mm-hmm. that's like mentally, I kind of yeah. like that. I was bummed the Vita one wasn't a little better because yeah. mm-hmm. um, I mean, not the Vita, I don't think the Vita one is like awful or anything, and like if you can get it really cheap, I still recommend it. But yeah, like I totally feel the same way about the kind of Mario games, and the Vita one controls made it just too frustrating to give me that sense of sort of relaxation mm-hmm. that I think the right. PS2 ones give me. Um, I've, I think I have a handful of these. Definitely linked to the past. I go mm-hmm. back to that one a lot. Yes. Um, I'd say more recently, 
Metal Gear Solid 2 is a big one of mine, but I do this thing where I'm like, I want to play Metal Gear Solid 2. I love that game. And then I realize that's a really stressful game, and I'll immediately yeah. stop playing it. Yeah. What's this I'm damn like, tanker? Yeah, some yeah. guys are going to come shoot me with guns. That's not fun at all. I'll just, that's... like, shut it off. I'll play it for, like, three minutes at a time, and I'm like, all right, I, I, A, I suck at this, and B, this is hard, and C, it's scary. Can um, you, like, beat the tank? People have beaten the tanker in, like, ten minutes or something insane like that. Like, oh, you can yeah. beat it, like, crazy fast. Yeah. No, I, it's, 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 it happens a lot, though, where you, like, you, you have things in your head that you, you associate with your comfort food, mm-hmm. and then you go back to play them, and you're like, oh, man, that's, yeah. I don't think I'm ready for that right now. More realistically, yeah. like, uh, Far Cry 3, I like yeah. a lot. I go back to that a few times, yeah. uh, just because it's like, hey, I'm going to go burn stuff, throw stuff at a bear, you know. Yep. Um, and Proteus on Vita yeah. is one that I, I keep on there specifically because, like, that is a game that takes... I don't know what twenty minutes to play mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. You just pop it. It's not even. A, it, oh, it's not a game. Okay, that's fine. I'll play it repeatedly. It's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I had yeah. I had that with Lumines for a while, where I would just yes. be like, I'm gonna just disappear for an hour. I'm going to just disappear into this game. The Vita one, like it was like time travel. Like I mean, yeah. I would sit and play that game in like an hour. And you could totally like what I loved is just on that that OLED screen, just zoning in on it with yep. headphones in, and just being like, I like being. You could be on a plane and be like, I'm not even here right now. It was that game so perfect for portable. Uh, for a while, it's not portable but uh, Pac-Man Championship Edition DX yes. was like that for me yeah. where I would just sit down and just play that game and time was just gone. Yep. Um, comfort games, yeah, I mean, I'm the same way as you guys. There's a lot of like those games that I played so much as a kid. Like, Link to the Past was the only game I owned for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, it was because I had to, like, I had that in Mario World, basically. And now, like, my parents bought me one game and I had that for, like, a very long time to get like kind of everything in and yeah like Link to the Past and then later Ocarina of Time R64 like those games are very very easy to go back to and just kind of play and yeah like Ocarina of Time like I remember where everything is I remember all the weird hidden Skulltullas like I can just go through and just like yeah frictionless is a really good term for it like Mm -hmm. I just feel like I can just like kind of zone out more recently uh, Splunky is that for me like I just will sit down and like I want to play something and I just play Splunky on Vita um, and kind of zone out to music or a podcast or something and then um yeah, like I'm in this sort of weird infinite loop of replaying Persona games at the moment. So like right. I'm I'm playing Persona Three Portable at the moment, and it's just like so like each time you meet a character again and stuff, like it's just like this really nice like relaxing. I'm I'm like I'm a very big JRPG fan, mostly because it is very comforting to me, and it was for a very long time to just grind. Like I actually really really like grinding mm-hmm. to like a podcast or music or just <laughs> marathoning a TV show while I play a game on mute and just grind levels basically. Like I always find that really relaxing. So yeah. lots of like um. I'll go back to like Final Fantasy four, five, six, and um, things like that. I just I am super into. Oh, I was going to ask you guys, just sort of like as friends, and, and throw this to the group as well. Uh, Have you ever killed our, a man? And our listeners, <laughs> how do you kill a man? Uh, don't answer that. Uh, you uh, so I I was thinking about how much one of Kick my favorite, him real hard right at the sole of the foot. One of my favorite video game experiences <laughs> it explodes. of the it's last. Amazing. <laughs> You gotta kick him right in the heart. <laughs> you gotta leave him on his wedding day. <laughs> Kiss him and never call him again. That's right. Uh, one of my favorite video game experiences of the last two years was South Park, Stick of Truth. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because it was a very condensed RPG. Mm-hmm. And I love, I, it made me remember how much I love role playing games and growing up and grinding in games like that and, and leveling up and stuff like that. But how I don't really wanna play an RPG that's 120 hours yep. anymore. So. Uh, I'll ask our audience if you can suggest a good game for me to play. Child of Light. Child of Light. Child of Light. Undertale. Yeah. I, I got, I got Undertale pretty, I got pretty yeah. into that. Undertale, I haven't played. Yeah. Child yeah. of Light gives you that satisfaction without, it's like an eight-hour game or something. Yeah. Like You don't have to yeah. really invest in it. And it's on Vita. Interesting. Um, I think yeah. uh, the version of FF7 that's either coming to or just came oh, to the iOS, iOS one. You can skip everything, yeah. Yeah, oh, which right. is like one of those things where you're like, 
is that do I hate that? Is that right. bad? But or is that as genius? we were yeah. yeah, as we were as that came out, um, we had somebody who was who was capturing gameplay from FF seven because mm-hmm. we were doing some like retrospective yeah. everything yeah. about FF seven in ten minutes or whatever. And he'd poured like dozens of hours into it. And it was like, ah, oh, we could have gotten the skip version. Yeah, we, yeah, a yeah, that was, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, there are a lot of games where if you played on very, like, uh, sorry, I'm going to bring up Persona. Persona, uh, there's a game called, or I think it's Persona Q, um, but I think it might be in a couple other ones, uh, has a difficulty mode called Safety, which is literally like you can't die. Like, if you if you die in a battle, it's like, hey, man, do you want to keep going? It gives it gives, takes all your stats effects, uh, gives you all your health back, gives you all your mana back and then lets you continue the battle from where you were. Like, it, like, makes it really easy on See, you. See, I'm not necessarily looking forward to something that will hold my hand from start to finish. I just want something that's a little more content. That's short? Yeah. yeah. yeah just something that isn't like you can burn eight, through in a weekend. Yeah, something yeah. that isn't, like, an 80-hour story, which I'm, like, really excited that we are getting another South Park game, although we haven't heard anything about that game since E3. Hasn't been that long. They have yeah. a lot of games. Okay. Mm-hmm. Either way, uh, thank you guys for the suggestions. Yeah, Child of Light's a really good start. Uh, I bet you people will write a million other ones where yeah. we'll go, oh, yeah, that's a great one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Well, if you want to write to us, we are just beyond at IGN.com. And, of course, there is the Facebook group, which is Facebook.com slash group slash podcast beyond. Is yep. that right? Yep. And exactly. uh, you can find us all on Twitter. I'm Max Scoville. Marty is McBiggity yep. with two Gs and two Ts. Yep, and I got my sweater on. Yeah. yeah thanks, sweater. thanks for that. I'm glad that happened on a, a radio program. And yep. then Brian is Agent Bizzle. <laughs> Mr. Clappy over here. That's his new nickname. Mr. Clappy. Well, that's Mr. a great Clappy. nickname. Real, real smart. We're out of jokes. We ran out of them. Clappy's with Andrew. Andrew Gold. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Goldfarb is uh, Garfep on Twitter. And, uh, yep. yeah. Or Fardarp. Nope, not that one. Stop. Although I love Stop. that. There's, my favorite thing is somebody back in the day when... <laughs> so Greg used to mispronounce my Twitter name all the time on the show, and uh, somebody made a bunch of, like, if you go to, like, I think it's, like, Garpef and Garfep. <laughs> if you go to, like, all the wrong ones, it'll say, like, you spelled it wrong, and it'll yep. direct you back yep. to mine. I think that's really that's funny. Really cute. That's yep. awesome. Very cute. Uh, Max and I do a show called Up at Noon every single every Thursday at noon Pacific time live or 3 p.m. Eastern time or whatever your clock says mm-hmm. in your town. Andrew does a show called Hannity and Colmes. That's right. He wears a bow tie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do a cool show called The Today Show. You can tune in every morning at yeah. 7 a.m. Eastern. And um, you sing in your shower. <laughs> with his, with his dad, <laughs> the Today Show with Andy Goldfarb. <laughs> Thank you. It's like Troy Albed in the morning. <laughs> I don't you know. I did that to the Sonic the Hedgehog game. I'm Andrew. I'm in the shower. I'm going to take a shower. Talk to my friends and my phone, my invisible friends. The shower hides the tears. All right. On that note, beyond. 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 We don't need to do that back and forth. Beyond. No, I'm just kidding. Beyond. 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 I'm Andrew. I'm taking a shower. I'm gonna take a shower. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.